the promise of what you can get for your investment is what? Like, I know a lot of investors and uh, it's really kind of like spooky where how things can take a left turn. And what are you going to do about it to get your money back? <laughs> you know? What are you actually gonna do? Start grabbing at the sky? Hoping to grab your cash or somebody else's? Yeah, to the girl with a ponytail on the dance floor. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> Did that look weird? <laughs> Something sexy. That's L I Q U O R. Don't get it twisted. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L I Q U O R. Don't get it twisted. I'm your host, Cat Wonders, and this is episode 123. You know, when I'm wearing a ponytail, something comes over me. I remember when I was a teenager, <laughs> too young to be in the bar. I think I was about 17, 16, maybe. Um, snuck into the bar in Alberta when I was a teenager. Um, the legal drinking age was 18. Uh, still is 18. And <laughs> I guess I just looked older, but I'll never forget the one time that I wore my pony, like where wore my hair up in a ponytail to the bar was right around, like I said, 16, 17 ish. And uh, the DJ made an announcement on the <laughs> intercom or whatever you want to call it <laughs> and came on and was like, yeah to the girl with a ponytail on the dance floor and I was like that's me and I was like it's the ponytail I was obviously dancing crazy and probably a little tipsy I, I never really drank that much like I was always scared to be out at the bar underage because I knew it was illegal so I never got plastered my friends did and they always relied on me to make sure that everybody got home safely because I would probably be the only sober one at the end of the night. Um, no, I have a liquor podcast. Woo! <laughs> um, but I'll never forget. And I kind of like was trying to do my hair earlier that night with my girlfriends, curling our hair, listening to music. Um, and I just couldn't get my hair to do what I wanted it to do. So I just put it up in a ponytail. And then my friends were like, it looks great. And I was like, oh, because when you're going out to the bar, you kind of want to have your hair down. You want to look your best. And I didn't, and it really paid off that night. So <laughs> ever since then, I've had a little bit of extra pep in my step when I have a ponytail in, and now I've got a ribbon, a black ribbon in there too, inspired by one of the YouTubers that I follow named Alana Davidson or Davison. It's Davison. Uh, she's also Canadian and a very, very popular beauty and fashion YouTuber but she wore her hair like this when she was doing like Christmas makeup or something. And I was like, oh, it looks so good. And I've, I've worn like different things in my hair. I think I wore more of like a ribbon type thing a few episodes ago, but this is more the look I was going for. The, the longer ribbon that I wore last time, I think it was a pink one, pink satin kind of like longer. It's not a ribbon. It was just more like a, almost like a scarf. <laughs> and it looked very um, 1950s, poodle skirt, diner type era. That's not really what I was going for. To, to be honest, I'm not really going for any particular thing. I'm just tr trying to channel one of my favorite beauty YouTubers. <laughs> anyway, so I noticed anything different? 
not drugged, but um, that cat's having a great time. And I love that neon sign. I've been going crazy lately on Timu. T-E-M-U. It is kind of a combination of AliExpress, Amazon, and Shein. And the way that this website is structured is it's, it's the ultimate rabbit hole because you just keep on clicking on things that you kind of think that you need and then more things pop up and then more things pop up, better things than what you thought you, and then you, what you don't need starts popping up. I literally am looking at some of the things that I bought because I want some like funky retro-ish type decor in here. I bought a banana planter. <laughs> I'm planning on having a couple shelves here. So I'm going to be like doing some more, like you'll see more of things that I'm planning on decorating with. I bought, I bought this, um, disco alien spacecraft. I don't know why I could not remember the name of it. Also the neon signs there are so cheap. So I've purchased neon signs like this plenty of times for my podcast. I like a little bit of a light background. Like I like something interesting going on in the background and I'm obsessed with lighting and lights and things that light up sparkly things, things that give off energy. That's what I like. And I've spent an arm and a leg on certain neon signs. Now this is not like real neon. Real neon is like toxic chemicals flowing through a heated tube, glass tube that <laughs> if you break it, you got to like exit the premises. This is just lights, like LED lights that light up and I can turn up and down the brightness. Let's see, turn it down. See, turn it up. We're gonna crank this baby off, on, off, on. <laughs> it's like some, some breakthrough technology. Anyway, um, but I, I bought two other ones that I think are funny. I think one I'm going to save for October-ish, kind of Halloween, because it's hilarious. But maybe not. It's still, it's funny. It's also a cat, but that's the only hint I'll give. And then the other one is like a setting sun or a rising sun. But I ran out of USB ports to plug it in. And I want to keep this guy going. What's his name? Her name. I don't know. Let me know in the comments what you think. <laughs> Some sort of drunk cat name. Um, also, okay, so I'm going to start making this cocktail before all my ice melts, actually. And my laptop is at 35%, so I may have to plug her in and unplug something else. <laughs> I, need, I need a power bar so bad. And here I'm just like, I actually have a, an outlet down here that has three or four plugins. Three, to be exact, and I need like nine. So also my top is going to fly off. You can see my raw strap. It's too small for me at this point. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's the shirt. I swear it fit before. I don't know what's going on. Um, but it, it's always been kind of tight. But this this buttonhole is so stretched. I could fit six buttons in here. Um, anyway, we're just going to go with the flow and see how things go. The cocktail today, so I was a bit disappointed because I made a cocktail with a specific Pellegrino. Pellegrino was on sale at my local grocery store, so I bought six boxes of Pellegrino. And because I've got like a new little hangout zone with a bar fridge, 
and friends have been coming over. I just keep it stocked. And one of my favorite Pellegrinos I've ever tried was the pomegranate Pellegrino. I think it's pomegranate something else. I made a cocktail with that pomegranate Pellegrino. Pellegrino is like a sparkling juice, kind of. Um, with this golden pear schnapps. It was like a dream come. It was like, you know, the flavor of nerds, just that kind of like tart, sweet, delicious, probably like laden with chemical taste. (laughs) That is what it tasted like. And I almost, I almost feel like if I were to create this cocktail for a restaurant, I would 100% call it nerds. And people are like, wow, it really tastes like nerds. Uh, But you kind of have to be a kid from my era, have had been a kid from my era to kind of know. I mean, nerds are still super popular, but now nerds ropes are a thing. And I tried one recently and I was like, this is going to be the best thing I've ever eaten my whole life. It was kind of eh. Anyway, so I've got my Raging Crow measuring cup here. Why? So I guess that's half ounce. I guess the dishwasher is working its magic on these numbers and letters. It's okay. I still know what they mean. Um, And so this this day, (laughs) today, I've got Clementine and Peach Pellegrino. Anything peach flavored is my favorite. And... I guess my second favorite would be like cherry flavored, but peach, it just seems like fuzzy peaches are my absolute favorite. I'll choose a fuzzy peach over any sour cherry or whatever. And peaches are my favorite fruit, genuinely in the summertime, especially where I live. They grow wild here. Not really, but (laughs) I'm close enough to, you know, where they grow naturally. So I grew up on peaches, love peaches. Clementine, I guess is a type of orange. Um, Yes, it is a type of orange. I don't know if I've ever had a clementine. How different it is from a Japanese orange or a Valencia orange. Is that what it is? Anyway, um, then this. So my friends came over the other night and stayed too, too late. And um, this was like the third bottle that they cracked into. (laughs) This is Luxusova. Luxusova. I never really knew how to pronounce that. Potato vodka. Um, and I believe it is from, I want to say Russia, but it's probably in Poland. Okay. Oh, I guess so. Potato vodka. But I think the Russians do potato vodka too. And this golden pear liqueur. This is 30%. Very sweet. As you can see, part of it dripped down on the cap here. And it turned into just pure syrup. Like if I were to touch it right now, it would be like <laughs> a little strand of sugar would just. Anyway, so let's just make a cocktail. Now I'm only going to be mixing the vodka and the pear liqueur here with the ice. I'm not going to use all this ice to shake, shake, shake. Did I forget a freaking straw? I have one left over over there. <laughs> From my last cocktail, I might have to use it. Is there, no, there's no water. This is fresh ice. So we are going to do 
I think one ounce each of this. So we'll go one ounce of this Luxusova. And the W-A is not Luxusova. I know it's, it's pronounced V. So that is not one ounce. One and a half ounces. Oops. <laughs> I'm not going to pour it back in. It's not sanitary. And then let's go an ounce of this pear vodka. So today there's going to be two and a half ounces of alcohol in my drink. And I have to be careful because I have something precious I want to show you here that I don't want to spill this on. So now, does this really need to be shaken over ice? Probably not. But I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Take this out so this doesn't get sticky. The cord for my charger. The cap on that. And we are going to shake, shake, shake. And I didn't bring anything to strain, strain, strain. It's okay. I'm just gonna pour the whole thing in with the ice, if there's space. And then pour this over top. You don't wanna shake anything carbonated in these things, but. I like to shake it until I just can't shake no more, no, until my hands get too cold. Here, let me show you this. I just spilled that on my pants. It's not good, but whatever. Mmm, that color. The smell. Why? It smells like bananas, even. Spuggy me. Tactile intolerance, even on my pants. It's okay, I'll be fine. Um, and this, there's such a synthetic banana smell that the pear is sort of lost, but I love synthetic banana. <laughs> um, remember those candies that had the red balls, the purple balls, and then the bananas? in there and then maybe like a green, like a lime and a lemon. But the bananas were always my favorite. Synthetic banana. Mm. Okay, so this is the Clementine and Peach. One thing I like about Pellegrinos is they're not sweet at all. Like they're sweet, but they're not like, it's not like drinking a Coke or something. Now, let me just grab my freaking dirty straw. It wasn't that long ago, and it's been cold up here since I've been keeping the heat off. Okay, let's see. There's so much sugar in that pear <laughs> that you can really see it swirling around in there. Can you see? <laughs> I don't want to spill this on my computer. Okay, here we go. It's missing something. Citrusy. It definitely needs a lime. The flavor is good, but it's too sweet. You know what I mean? There's no tartness to it. I need like a bit of tartness. I might drink a bit more out of here. 
my god, you guys. I literally- oh, it's part of my- <laughs> it's probably part of my lipstick. <laughs> I was like, there better not be a bug in here. It's just my lipstick. Um, but I'm thinking that I'm going to drink some more out of this and then pour some more of the Pellegrino in there because the Pellegrino does have that Clementine sort of citrus in there. No, that's why. I need the pomegranate Pellegrino. <laughs> oh yeah, did I show this to you up close? San Pellegrino? Oh, sorry. I call them Pellegrinos, but they're San Pellegrinos. Um, whenever I hear San Pellegrino, it reminds me of my dream Italian... Oh my gosh, you guys. I burped as I talked. Uh, dream Italian... Um, like, hotel, I guess. I saw it on Instagram and it was so, it just gives me chills thinking about it just because it's not too often that a place almost like reminds me of somewhere I've been before. It almost just struck this chord. Like I, it's just so vintage and so beautiful and just such a, like what I dream an Italian vacation to be. The place is called Pasalacqua. It's on Lake Como. So it's not even on the ocean. It's on Lake Como. And it's a five star, I believe. And every corner of this property is insanely beautiful. Every detail. But, but what really got me is the pool area. And how just straight out of like the 60s, 70s, it is. But of course, with a modern twist. But on Instagram, I think it's called Pasalagua or Pasalagua um, Lake Como. I reached out to them because I was like, it's ex extremely expensive to stay there. It's at least, I think, 1500 US dollars a night. And for me, I'm not that bougie. <laughs> I won't. So I reached out and I was like, in exchange for a full review, I was fully willing to create a series um, kind of highlighting the top five resorts to stay at, uh, on Lake Como, um, just so that I would be able to go to this Pasalagua. Um, they were actually, so I reached out and I was like, this is kind of the dates that I'm thinking of being there because I didn't want to go during high season because when you're collaborating with a hotel or and I've done this before, you don't want to request high season because they don't need advertisement for like a place like this, especially does not need advertisement for their hotel. <laughs> they want people staying there during low season, which was more like, cause they're open all year long. I think they were closed a bit this fall because of renovations. So, um, I was like, yeah, maybe in like April, right? March, April kind of. And, um, but they're not going to be reopened until I think about May, but they're like, reach out to us again in, in December. And we'll be closer like with, to knowing when our renovations will be over with whatever. So I still have to reach back out to them, but oh my God, it's just, the place and the rooms and just the food and the location. And there are so many beautiful resorts on Lake Como that I can't even believe it. It's just all 
it just makes my heart sing when I see these places that they actually exist and I can go there and I can plant like, even though it's so expensive and I probably won't ever go, <laughs> I don't, you don't have to stay at the, the fanciest, ritziest places, but Lake Como is a place that I want to go. <laughs> Lake Como is a place that I really want to go, go. <laughs> I want to go Mo. To Lake Como. See, I can make jingles. I can really ramp this up and bring a lot of traffic to Lake Como. So if you if you own a five-star 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 resort in Lake Como, just reach out to me. I will review it. But could you imagine the travel vlog there? Because I want to do a vlog style where you show up there, but it's from the perspective of like somebody staying there, right? Not a review video where the hotel is like reviewing itself and like, and our great king room here where you could spend the night and then order a nightcap after 9 p.m. And it's like, no, I want to I want to see somebody staying there from their perspective. And I just think it would be so fun. I one thing I would will say, though, is it is I've I've done this twice where I've collaborated with hotels to review them so much fun but it's so much work right because you have to cover so much like I was reviewing a hotel in Banff and um, they had like a checklist of things they wanted me to cover and I was like yeah this is gonna be and of course free spa treatments free stay you know you're getting paid for this or that <laughs> and, and um, but the pressure is on so I was filming in the spa in this Banff hotel and, but I had to be there before anybody was in there because you can't film inside a spa with other people in there for privacy reasons. Excuse me. And, um, so I had to get up at like 6am <laughs> and film between like 6.30 and 7.30am because their first appointment was like 7.45. So getting up super early, making sure you're covering all the amenities, filming everything. And if the weather was kind of shitty, when well, I got to refilm the front because it was too windy and my hair was all over the place. And, and so it seems, <laughs> it seems like a real fantasy to do this kind of thing. But if you're combining it with work, it does take away a little bit of the, you know, the funness. <laughs> so that's where I'm like, if I were to go to Pasalacqua and stay there, it'd be great if I got a deal and was collaborating with the with a hotel itself for the resort. But then would I enjoy it, enjoy it fully, fully? Maybe not. <laughs> but I think I would love to do like a five day thing and then just film for the first two days. Like grind your ass, get it all done, put the work in and then relax the last three days. And they have little boats to different, different areas of the lake and I'm going to go there one day, whether I vlog it or not, I'm not sure, but <laughs> probably. Okay. So I want to show you some, I think I told you in the last episode that I was going to frame some of these custom art pieces that I ordered, not custom art pieces. I ordered prints from society six from an artist named Paul Fuentes. Yes. 
Fuentos. <laughs> Shit. I don't want to get this wrong because I want you to be able to find this. Oh yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> you ever like go on your phone? Paul Fuentes. And it's his, um, the photo website is Paul Fuentes photo. He just posted 51 minutes ago. Um, he is, his photography is sort of the epitome of my Palm Springs retro fantasy. And I'm going to show you six prints that I ordered from him. This is not in collaboration. <laughs> I just want to share this with you because it really captures the vibe that I'm going for with even my whole studio, the nostalgia trigger for me, even though, like I said, I wasn't born in the seventies or, but I just grew up with parents that did grow, you know, that lived through the seventies and really just evokes kind of feelings and thoughts from that era. Some of these are a little bit more sixties or fifties, but this guy, so Paul Fuentes, he, the photos, the images that you're seeing are not actual photos. They're not AI, but he'll superimpose certain objects in the images to give the certain feeling. So anyway, um, it's in a Timu bag, even though <laughs> they're not from Timu. These are from Society6. Um, and if you are looking for any type of artwork, Society6 has everything. Again, not sponsored, not affiliated. We're gonna start Actually, I better, yeah, it's fine. So this is the first image. So this lovely lady is chilling with her monkey by the beach. And I love the vibe of this photo. <laughs> <laughs> so these are not going to go here. I still, I have an idea of where I want to put them, but I also want you guys to be able to see them, but it's also kind of personal. Like I like them. It's not necessarily I bought them for to be on camera. So that's the first one. This is really sort of a major inspiration for my podcast studio here. Very Palm Springs, very simple, but the rest of the images that I'm going to show you are quite busy. So that's where, oh my God, if I spill, these also are not very cheap. I think I paid around $50 for each of one of these prints, but they're super high quality, won't fade, that kind of thing. Now, we're getting into the good stuff. So this is a combination of two different photos. There was no Jaguar on the beach in Palm Springs. Okay. This is actually funny. So you see this umbrella, <laughs> do you see underneath the umbrella, how there is that print underneath? Pasalagua has these exact umbrellas in green with a beautiful print underneath. And I don't know what it is about this, but that is, I love this so much. Then we have, this guy. So, so vintage looking, modern, right? Um, I believe this place does exist, 
but this just gives me all the vibes that I'm looking for. Um, like I said, maybe a bit more 60s. I'm not really up to date with my cars. But keep in mind, all of these prints are going to be behind acrylic with gold little knobbies to hang it. Very similar to, I can't reach it right now, but um, art that I've shown you here before. No! I'm not going to spill anything on these. I'm not going to spill anything on these. This is just my entire childhood. No, I was not a little boy jumping into the pool. I was a little girl jumping into the pool. But this summer, fun, beach, palm trees, there's just a feeling I get from this photo. It's beautiful and it's just happiness, pure happiness. And the last one, but not least, is this guy. So this has to be probably my favorite. Again, this is superimposed into the image. <laughs> the tiger is not on the car. But again, palm trees, very palm springs. And so I, all six of these images are going to be together in some sort of grouping. So the colorway is all very cohesive, but uh, I'm excited. <laughs> so uh, funny story, because I was saying before too, on Society6, I could have ordered these already in acrylic finished, ready to hang, but they would have been about $390 a piece at this size. And I just can't stomach that price because I know when I was doing professional art, like years ago, I used to get acrylic to replace the glass in my frames. So I'd be shipping artwork all over the place. And I realized shipping glass, like framed art under glass was really risky. And it, the amount of packing I'd have to do to make sure that things got to where they needed to go was insane. So I used to, instead of glass, would put it behind a UV acrylic. So, cause UV glass is expensive, but UV protected acrylic um, was cheaper and lighter and pretty much unbreakable. So I knew, I was like, I know I can get acrylic for cheaper. Like I used to get 11 by 14, 18 by 24 sizes for about like 30 bucks. So I was like, I mean, thinner, right? This needs to be thicker just to, so, support <laughs> the image. Time for another zip. So, um, essentially, I thought I could do it myself. Then I discovered that I can order something called a, like a dry erase board. So it's a piece of acrylic. It's a piece of acrylic with four knobs attaching it to the wall. Um, and, but it's not a frame, it's a dry erase board. So you can write on it with like a white or colored marker, but like a opaque white marker and erase it, erase it off. It's just a kind of like a cleaner, trendier way to write down your grocery list or whatever you need to do for the day or whatever. 
But I was like, that's no different than what I could order from Society6. And it's thick and the right size. And it has like the gold mounts already on it. So those were about $60 a piece. So I got those. So I got these are about $60 a piece. And those are about $60 a piece. Maybe actually a little bit cheaper um, because I did buy six. But I got them from Etsy. So for $120 a piece, which is still insanely expensive, but it's already got the hardware in there. So I could order the acrylic all day long, but I want those little gold tabs that keep it off the wall, like that hang it. This is an acrylic mounted print, okay? This is how it goes on the wall. Just like that. These, to find, to buy these, uh, is very difficult and they the ones that I can find are super expensive. So that's where I made the decision to just buy the acrylic with these already on there to save me from having to drill the acrylic. I mean, it takes tools and just skill, <laughs> which I'm, I'm skilled, but I'm also a tool. <laughs> no, uh, it would just be, it's just saving me some time and money, but at least I'm not paying $390 and paying like roughly $120 a piece. And there's six of them. So, you know, this is an investment for sure. Um, I do like my artwork, but I don't want to be spending, like I'm not one to be like, and this piece of art was $7,000, you know, like, and a lot of times I, I go into people's places. I've been in some pretty wealthy people's houses. And it's like, I mean, art is like, if you like it and you're in love with it and it just like gives you this feeling and you want to spend that kind of money on it, all the power to you. I don't, I'm not going to judge you for that. But when I just can't see it, it's like a blue little check mark on a white canvas and it's massive. And it's like, this is my artist by like when they, when they tell you who the artist is and what they paid for it, they don't like it. <laughs> they bought it because it's kind of giving them a little bit of like, oh, that old thing. Yes. Oh, $8,000. <laughs> Whatever. I think I might get there one day where I just am so rich <laughs> that all I care about is just like my little dog and what people think of me, but I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, I think do what you want to do. And if that's what makes you happy, give her. But I don't know. Art is, uh, it's a funny thing. Whatever happened to NFTs? I was so close actually to investing in some company. I shouldn't say so close, but they were giving me an offer I couldn't refuse. But it was an NFT company. Excuse me, but people could buy into it as like a character in a game. And I don't even know what happened to it or with it. Uh, but I was going to buy a bunch of, what is the, uh, the it's a crypto. It's, um, I think it starts with a V. No, it was Ethereum. Anyway, <laughs> so I was like, okay, so to buy in, you need to, you know, and then, but you use Ethereum coin or whatever they call. And um, at the time, I think it was like $1,200 or something to buy in, to buy one Ethereum. But now I think it's gone up quite a bit. So I could have like probably made some money on that, but I'm always like spooked out about investments. And I just have heard so many horror stories and I've made some I mean, I haven't lost money with any of my investments so far, 
but I've kind of been close to breaking even. And I'm like, right now there's an investment that I'm just waiting for my investment money back. I might make a little bit on top of it, but things just didn't go where they were supposed to go. And I was like, I'll just get my money back. now. <laughs> like take your shares back. Just give me, and it's, it's fine. It's happening, but it's like the promise of what you can get for your investment is what like I know a lot of investors and uh it's really kind of like spooky where how things can take a left turn in fact today oh, I, just got, I just got the craziest text okay let me just recompose myself um what was I talking about <laughs> just erased okay yeah so okay how do I say this without giving too much away I get paid in American money from multiple platforms I'm Canadian so I a lot of times these companies can't pay me directly into my Canadian bank account it has to make a little stop and then from there I deposit that money into my Canadian account one of these little stops so PayPal is a good example. So it's similar, like I said, to PayPal, where you get money just deposited in, you can pay, buy things with it. It's the one recently that I've been using is Skrill, S-K-R-I-L-L. And for the last six or seven withdrawals, I've noticed that there have been errors. And I was like, oh, weird. Like sometimes it's my internet, sometimes it's this or that or whatever. But I was like, damn, like the seventh time withdrawal didn't, didn't happen. So I have this money sitting in the Skrill account that I can't take out. So right away, my like heart drops. I'm thinking, I really hope this company like hasn't gone under and is taking all of our money <laughs> because that can happen. It's very volatile and this kind of thing does happen. So I can't find any information. I go on X to see if I, if I type in Skrill, see what people are, that's typically if I feel like I felt like an earthquake or something and I need to information right away, I'll go on X. That did happen. I'll tell that story. Um, if I forget and then remind me in the comments, but anyway, so, um, so I trying to find out what's going on. I type it in Google, uh, Skrill, problems with drawing. And then on Reddit, it pops up that a bunch of Canadians can't withdraw their money. And I keep reading and reading and it turns out that Skrill no longer supports withdrawals in Canada. <laughs> and that the only way to withdraw my money is to deposit it into an American account, which I don't have, or transfer Skrill to Skrill. But then what if the only people you know with the Skrill account are also Canadian? They also can't withdraw that money. What a fucking disaster. And I'm reading these poor people's stories, not stories, but they're like interacting with each other, talking about like, I need to pay my rent tomorrow and my money is stuck in Skrill. I'm like, people and are, this is not good. So if you have a Skrill account and you're Canadian, you might want to figure shit out. I mean, they might sort things out. One of the, the Reddit, um, people were saying that they're working on it, but they can't get a hold of anybody from Skrill. So that another thing that was trending with this was anybody who tries to get in contact with Skrill 
it's all, all automated responses and they can't actually physically talk to anybody. And I was like, Oh, that's also not a good sign. <laughs> so yeah, apparently, um, basically shit's sort of hitting the fan for Canadian, uh, Canadian Skrill clients. Maybe other countries. I'm not sure. U.S. is fine. Um, I have a lot of friends in the Netherlands. I'm like, maybe if somebody in one of my one of my Dutch friends has a Skrill account, I can. And they can. But like, what the hell? If you don't know anybody outside of your own country, like a lot of people don't know anybody outside their own country. Some people don't know anybody outside their own town. You know. So like, what are they supposed to do? I almost feel like being like a good Samaritan. And when I find a connection, be like everybody who needs their money, send it to my buddy's Skrill account. And then he'll send it into your account because they can't do this to people. Like, but when you're using one of these sort of smaller PayPal ish type, whatever you want to call them, what are they even? What's the name? I don't know. I can't think of it, but, uh, it, you are at risk. Right. And, um, so it's really sad. I pray I'm not in a position where it's an emergency for me, but I pray for people that are in this predicament to be able to get their money. Um, I don't see anything about Skrill going under or anything like that. It's just maybe more of like a government thing, like Trudeau. I'm not, I'm not even going to say anything, <laughs> but there's some sort of fuckery going on. And whether it's, it's obviously, I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't want to make assumptions, throw anybody under the bus unnecessarily, but there's something going on. So heads up, if you're a Canadian and you have a Skrill account, get your freaking funds out of there as soon as possible. If you can, if not, no, you can transfer Skrill to Skrill, or you might have to open up a Canadian or a US bank account, which is kind of what I'm in the process of doing right now. Scary stuff. The world is all over the place right now. And even with PayPal, I remember, I think it was an OnlyFans thing where they were, there was like a falling out between OnlyFans and PayPal and OnlyFans was going to shut down or stop doing whatever they were doing. And it was like, people were like, no, what the hell? It's it, it in a click of a button, it, it can all end. If your money is an imaginary land in Skrill or PayPal or whatever, it just disappear, poof. And what are you going to do about it? Like, sure, you're going to try to get your money back and hire lawyers or whatever. But in reality, it's in outer space. And what are you going to do about it to get your money back? <laughs> you know, what are you actually going to do? Start grabbing at the sky, hoping to grab your cash or somebody else's? <laughs> Sorry, that's really dumb. But truly, it's super, super volatile and kind of scary. Buy gold bars. Roseanne Barr. <laughs> I've been watching her podcast. Um, I actually bought one of her hoodies. So a lot of you guys think maybe she's kooky and whatever, but I really like her humor a lot. And as a comedian, I really, really like her. She does have some like pretty wild ideas and some uh, interesting opinions. Um, but... The podcast is really, really entertaining, and I actually quite like her. Um, but she'll bring it up all the time. I think she's affiliated with some gold company or whatever, but um, to buy gold bars and actually physically have something like 
not dollar bills even because inflation will frick that up. So gold. And it's kind of, it hedges inflation, right? <laughs> or so they say. Um, but I think even getting gold right now is tough. Like if I wanted to go buy a bunch of gold, where would I go to buy it? How much could I buy? And I only want bars. <laughs> I don't want coins, okay? I want bars. Big, thick bars, like bars, like this. That I can't even walk out without like limping because it's so heavy. That's what I want. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, weird with Skrill. Um, oh yeah, another thing. Wait, what was the thing I was going to tell you? It was about, oh, earthquake. That's more interesting than this. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I was at my lake house in Alberta with my mom and some other family members. Other family members are sleeping. Mom and I are playing crib. It's like midnight. And we're sitting at the, at the island, kitchen island. We're both on a stool. And suddenly, out of nowhere, I just start to feel funny. And I feel like, like I'm kind of like unstable and I'm stroking out or something. <laughs> and then mom looks at me funny. And I thought she was noticing me stroking out when she's like, do you feel that? And I realized... That what I was feeling was a freaking earthquake and our bar stools were going like this. I've never in my life felt an earthquake. My mom has in Japan, but she looked at me. Do you feel that? And we're both sitting there like this. The glasses in the cupboards are going. And the people sleeping in the loft, one of them was like, are we having an earthquake? <laughs> Because they're in the loft. I'm sure they felt it way more up there than we did down where we were. Holy crap. The adrenaline you feel, even though it was very minor, it was only like <clears throat> 20 seconds long, maybe not even 20 seconds. And we're sitting there going, what the hell? And I'm like, holy shit. So we're at our lake house. So... The first thing that we do, as soon as it stops, we're like pacing around, like, I can't believe it. There's no way. What I thought, because our lake house is in a location where the houses are along the top and it's like a big coulee that goes down to the lake. I thought initially that there was some sort of landslide happening. I didn't really, it didn't kick in that it could. I was like, what are all the... I just couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that there was an earthquake. And so the first thing we did after like pacing around was go out into the street to see. I fully expected everybody to be exiting their homes. But I, apparently the time of year we were there <laughs> was not a ton of people at in this lake community. It's kind of like people that go there for the weekends and stuff. But when I went outside, there's nobody out there. But I heard the lake. That's when I knew it was a fucking earthquake. Sorry, part of my language. But honestly, the lake itself was, it was like hitting the shore. Like the whole lake was going like this from this earthquake. And how minuscule it was, it was just this. Like literally, this was it. Doo doo doo. Playing crib. what the frick that's all it was for like 10-15 seconds and um 
but it was enough to disturb the lake to get it rocking. And this was like crazy to me because you'd think that the water would kind of just rumble. Nope, it was like, and the lake is a kilometer away, downhill, and it was roaring loud. Like, whoa, crazy. So it was an interesting experience. Um, it's funny because <laughs> growing up in Alberta and, uh, when I was a kid, the Sylvan Lake tornado happened when we were in, or sorry, not Sylvan Lake. It was the Pine Lake tornado. So Pine Lake was a little community a few kilometers away from Sylvan Lake. And, um, I should say more than that. Maybe I don't know exactly, but where Sylvan Lake is and Pine Lake, and it was Pine Lake trailer court that was destroyed. Many people were killed. It was terrible, but it was like an F5 tornado that ripped through there. And we were in Sylvan Lake at the time. So we could see the storm, but we could not see the funnel cloud. It was, but because it was so big, it's like a big roaring brown cloud that just moves like this. It wasn't like a tornado that came from the sky. Sorry, it was a tornado that came from the sky, but it was not visible from where we were at. And we were all in lockdown and it was like the one year that we had a, a rental cabin in Sylvan Lake with a basement. Because the ones we rented every year before was like a little shit shack on, with no basement. Um, we're like, it's a miracle, but it was fine. The tornado never came to us. But growing up, it was always my, I don't want to say dream, but... I've always wanted to see a funnel cloud or a tornado, you know, obviously to not be injured by it or whatever, but to get close. My favorite movie growing up was Twister. <laughs> and uh, anyway, my point is of all the natural disasters that could happen in the prairies, I would think that it would be a tornado or a funnel cloud. No, it was a freaking earthquake. I've been through some crazy things in my life, even though an earthquake like that is nothing. I'm sure where a lot of you are from, probably you feel them all the time. I know in certain countries they have them, they happen regularly. My mom, sorry, I'm kind of cold. <laughs> my mom told me a story about when she was traveling with the band, my mom, my dad, and my aunts, one of my uncles, um, they were quite popular. If any of you have figured out who my parents are yet. <laughs> um, anyway, they went to Japan and they were touring in Japan and it's the first time they'd been there. Anyway, my Oma went to visit them in Japan and they were staying in some high rise. Oma's up there and she looks, there's these two high rises or three or whatever, maybe lots. I don't know. God. Freaking flies. Um, anyway, they, she said that, she was looking at the other building outside and it was just swaying like this. And they, she didn't feel any type of earthquake, but it was just, that's just how they're built. There was just a little earthquake happening. And at the top of the high rises, like at the bottom, you don't see anything, but at the top, there's like, you see it a lot more. And so I don't think it was rumbling or anything, but I think that the buildings were just swaying back and forth from the unstable ground. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I've seen some insane s storms rolling in that I'm sure, I'm always sure, like this is it <laughs> every time. The black, pitch black skies, crazy winds, hail, 
Graupel. Graupel. If you know what Graupel is, it's like when it's snowing, but it's not. It's like little styrofoam balls falling from the sky. <laughs> Did that look weird? <laughs> anyway, um, you know, just strange weather stuff. Hail, like I said, hail's a big one. When it starts hailing, it's like, ooh, and that's when you can't see in the sky because it's so like, oh my God, it's blue sky. Can you guys see it out there? Not, not too much. It's beautiful. Yes. The sun just gives me life. Um, so when you need to see the sky, you can't. This is too late because it's like, is there a tornado? Maybe. Can't see anyway. <laughs> just go. Let's go in the basement bathtub under a mattress. It will be good. But I do know if it were to happen, I'd probably be so terrified. I would never want to happen again. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't want this. I know. I, I know I asked for it, but I don't. Please, dear God. Like, <laughs> I could just see myself breaking out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What else to talk about? slowly getting more and more settled into my studio. <laughs> um, do you, what do you guys think about my cat? We have to figure out a name actually for him. It's a her. We'll call her Dipsy. <laughs> no, that sucks. Okay, in the comments down below, leave a name for what I need to call her. Because in the same way that I can't name a cocktail, I can't name this cat behind me. Um, but I think it's super appropriate for my podcast as if I found that in a neon sign in the colors that they are. And it's just really funny. Um, yeah, let me know what you think I should name it. Let me know what you think about my prints. Um, I'll keep you involved in the process of putting these together because I have to do some cutting, but luckily I work with a local paper place that can cut these exactly the size that I need because these are 18, I think these are 14 by 18. And basically the, <laughs> you guys are like, spit it out. <laughs> Sorry. The acrylics that I order are also like, they're like 13 by 18. So I need to cut off the white border and then cut down the image a little bit, which is fine. That's going to be the easy part. Um, and I'm excited. And then I'll show you where we're going to put them. And I'll show you the rest of my pod. I mean, my studio. I did order like a custom cushion from India, from Etsy that came completely the wrong color. And I hate it. But I think I'm going to keep it and just accessorize it differently because it came from so far. And it's so beautiful. This cushion is so, they did such a wonderful job. The fabric is beautiful. Like the texture but the color is supposed to be like a like kind of like a lime green sort of but it's like a piss yellow <laughs> it's not right but i don't know what to do because they did a really really good job and it shipped promptly and like i just feel like what i might do is order another one and then take that inside my home and put it somewhere Cause it's almost like a little mattress. Anyway, I'll show you. I'll show you. I will do a walkthrough and then let you guys know <laughs> where things are at. Cause it's still a mystery. I know. Um, but I also need to get my internal vacuum system installed. The carpet that I put in the studio is almost white. 
But the problem is, is that people keep coming over and coming up to check my space out and they take their shoes off, but apparently their socks are really dirty or something. Cause like I've got some spots that I need to clean, um, which is fine. I need a different mat and things like that. So I still am working at it. I still have to hang some art and I'm still waiting for some things and it will happen. But well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much to my shirt for staying closed kind of. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Leave a message or a comment down below about what I should name my kitty girl here. What do you think about my art? And, um, Maybe if you've experienced any type of like natural disaster, I'd be curious to read down below. Um, don't forget to subscribe. My Kitty Liquor podcast channel is new. So subscribe. If you haven't already, also subscribe to my main channel where I'm posting other fun things. And uh, thank you so much for watching. I hope you're having an amazing, amazing day. And I will see you all in my next video. Bye.